0: You're visiting The Mom Next Door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Well, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that in the recording of this interview today, we did have a little bit of trouble with connectivity And I've done my best to edit that out and keep it running really smooth. There are a few places where there may be one or two words dropped, and I'm just going to apologize ahead of time for that. And I pray that this interview will nonetheless bless you as you continue following the Lord and trusting Him in your parenting journey. And here we go with the interview. Hi, friends. Welcome to The Mom Next Door Stories of Faith. I'm your host, Pam Fields. So a silly song popped into my head this morning, and you know, when it once pops into your head, it's kind of hard to get it out. <laughs> I think it might have been from Sesame Street. I was going through my mind like, where did I even hear this song? It, it was possibly Sesame Street back in the 70s or the 80s, and I'm not going to sing it for you, but if you know it, you know it. And it it was the words say... These were the people in our neighborhood, in your neighborhood, the people that you meet each day when the people, they're the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. They're the people that you meet each day. And I love authors. I love books. And I'm so honored that I get to meet and interact with them here on a podcast interview. It's super fun. But hearing the stories of the people in my neighborhood is also a very special thing. When we moved to Tennessee, we were at the beginning of a lot of new relationships, and I realized how strange it was to know somebody starting now, like just starting today and not knowing any of their backstory at all. And I I guess because we'd lived in the same place for so long, I knew people and those relationships developed over time. And it was just a very different experience for me, transplanting in somewhere and, and though I was grateful to meet people right now and like jump into their today and their future, I'm always a little curious about what was what were they like? What happened in their lives before that time when I met them? And so I'm thankful for women who will sit down with me and let me into their lives, not only starting now today, but also sharing with me the long term faithfulness of God in their lives and the spiritual formation that has come from that. So here we are, everybody. I want you to meet my new friend, Alice. Welcome to our little coffee date. Alice, introduce yourself. We're here to hear about your testimony and God's work in your life and your family.
1: Hi, Uh, it's so good to be here. I've been really excited to do this, but very nervous. So, my name is Alice Simcox. My husband's name is Matt. And then I have three children. They range from 15 down to eight. So, I'm excited to share. When I first met you, our daughters were friends and we kind of got together and got connected that way. And I had briefly mentioned that, you know, we had been through a lot with like medical stuff and you really wanted to hear about that. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to talk to this lady about all this stuff because I am <laughs> not ready. Like, I just couldn't even process it at all. And I kept thinking, how in the world could I be on a podcast when, like, I'm still a wreck over everything? <laughs> so I think I waited until everything was perfect. And here I am. Gosh, it's been about a year and a half later talking about new things along with the old. And still not perfect that's fine starting to realize it won't be that way but I'm glad to be here yeah and my and my greatest fear my greatest fear other than you know maybe not saying the right thing is that I'm gonna sound like cornbread and I'm pretty sure that I already do (laughs) but that's middle Tennessee born and bred for you so
0: That is so funny because I am learning things about being here and I'm going to sound like cornbread is a phrase I have never heard before. So I I am enjoying your presence and this is super fun. And I think that when I first met you, it's so funny. I I didn't want to look desperate like, hi, will you be my friend and tell me all about your life? And so maybe the podcast was a way <laughs> for me to get to to meet my community and get to know the ladies here, because really, I felt like I was wearing a reader board every time I went to the store or to a church event or to meet my daughters. And, and my reader board just said, hi, I don't know anybody. Will you please talk to me? <laughs> well,
1: I love to talk. So yeah. It was a good match, but um, (laughs) I'm really excited to be at a better place to where I can speak of God's goodness and healing power through a lot of adversity that we've encountered.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So I think we're going to take a step back a handful of years as we walk into this story, right? Yes. In 2009,
1: my mom had a stroke. And it began the early onset of cardiac dementia, long-term care. In the beginning, we didn't really, she didn't have that diagnosis of cardiac dementia. She seemed fine. But through the years, her health declined and my father became her primary caregiver and us adult siblings kind of circled around and helped. Then in 2019, I'm just going to fast forward through all of that. You know, 10 years later, she passed away. And at the time, my dad had already been through one bout of cancer. And then it came back and he passed away in 2020, like 13 months later. So I feel like my first two children, especially like their entire childhood was in many ways riddled with this mom who was, you know, I was always present and growing spiritually, but it was hard. I look back at sweet moments and I feel like I just missed a lot of Piece that was available to me. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about today. Mm -hmm. So in 2021, you know, both my parents were passed away. We had come through the pandemic, and that was its whole thing. Everybody knows that. We all have a story. But it was the first time in my life I had really been able to just focus on my kids. And I had three at this point. So in 2021, very early in the year in January, my middle son had like stomach pain and we didn't know what was going on, but he just wasn't getting better. And he just didn't act like a kid with a stomach bug. You know, he wouldn't play iPad. He wouldn't watch TV. He would just lay there in a ball. And so after about a day of that, I'm not one to hit the panic button medically with stuff, but I was like, I think he might have appendicitis. I have no idea. I don't even know anybody that's ever had it. So I took him to the emergency room and he did. And he was back home within 24 hours. It was very stressful and scary, but it all happened really quick. Then nine weeks later, my daughter had the exact same thing. And I just was panicked. We had just gotten these new puppies. And I thought maybe the puppies are making us sick. And it just kind of like spiraled. But what happened was it took several weeks for us to get a final surgery for her. They had to we had to rush her to the children's. She had to have multiple procedures to like drain her abdomen. She had to go on lots of different antibiotics. They would send us home. She wouldn't be doing better. They kept saying, she's not going to feel better right away, Miss Simcox, but I just could tell that she wasn't improving much. We'd go back. We did this like seven or eight times. And finally, they did another surgery and they found some of the original abscess was left in her abdomen generating infection. So it took about two months, that whole process. So this literally, I mean, it spanned from January through the end of June. I mean, it took half of our year and I was having to like give her pickline antibiotics at home. And I'm sure there's many people that have heard and had exposure to this, but that totally freaked me out. So we took several weeks of IV antibiotics and picline. And in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have been doing all of that. It was very stressful for me. I was constantly afraid that I would do something to hurt her, maybe, you know, not do it properly. And we had different medications that we had to give her. Um, But anyway, we came through all of that. She had a second surgery. They removed Some original abscess from the appendicitis surgery that had been left in her abdomen, generating infection. So, you know, this took up six months of our year and we were financially, mentally and emotionally exhausted. It took a couple months for her to get healed up. She was getting ready to start ninth grade and ninth grade is big you know, especially Mm -hmm. when you homeschool because no one is there as a guidance counselor keeping charge of your credits. And I just remember thinking we're supposed to do all this stuff and I have no idea (laughs) what it is. (laughs) So I called some of my friends and we got into a tutorial very last minute and signed her up for a bunch of classes and we got her year fixed and she was doing really well. But emotionally, In hindsight, I was locked in a prison of fear and anxiety. I had been through all this grief with my parents and their illnesses and then through my kids, and it was just a lot. So we did what anybody would do in that situation. We bought a house (laughs) (laughs) and decided to remodel it. (laughs) But I thought, well, this will be better. Like, it's bigger. We'll have more space. We'll all be able to, you know, like, it'll just be so much better. Oddly enough, it was very challenging. We got some dud contractors, a few. Some of them were good, but some weren't. And they basically messed a lot of things up and didn't finish it. So we decided to just go ahead and move in with it the way that it was. And it took about a year to find a new crew. And the new contractor is my brother. He got his contractor's license over the pandemic. You know, we all like bought houses, got puppies, changed jobs, all the things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and so right now I am speaking to you from my driveway because there's so many electricians in the house turning the power off and on and I thought I would be safe in my bedroom but they're even in there so I had to escape into the driveway. <laughs> so we were into this new house in September of 2021 and we finished the year out well and then 2022 came and it was a very physically healthy year. But mentally, I just kept thinking, what is wrong? You know, like my kids were fighting. Of course, they were all becoming teenagers and, you know, hormones were raging, still are. But we had all this extra space and I just thought that it would be easier. And I realized this just isn't working anymore. I don't know. I can't keep doing the same thing I've been doing. we had been homeschooling for 10 years exclusively at this point. And I just felt like I needed to outsource, at least for a season. And that's hard for a homeschool mom, because you start to think, goodness, I failed my family. And that's just a lie. We just needed something different. We needed more support. But also, I needed, we needed a change. We needed more support with the homeschooling I did. I felt like I just needed to pass the baton to someone for a season. So my middle son is in public school and middle school, and he's doing really well. The other two go to a hybrid Christian school. And so they're there two days a week. And I actually got a job there last year. So I'm the middle school science teacher. Teacher, So that's really nice for all of us. I'm still involved with what is going on with my kids, but I'm kind of in the back. You know, it was challenging in new ways, but it's been really good for us. The problem was I noticed after I outsourced everyone that I didn't really feel very different. I still felt like I was just overwhelmed. So long story short, 2022 became a year where I really like went kind of introspective. I did start seeing a counselor. And it was just the best thing. I had never done that before. And she really just shined a spotlight on the fact that I was really struggling with anxiety in probably like a greater than average way. It was all understandable. From everything that we had come through as a family. Like I was living a life where I was perpetually trying, I didn't want any more pain, sickness, death, grief. I spent a lot of money on supplements, special diets. All of those things have their place. And I was very much active and growing in my faith. I just I don't know how to put it. I just didn't see that my concerns and efforts towards prevention were no longer good there's a line that I had crossed and I can't tell you exactly where that line is and when you fall over, but I can say that if the last thing you try when you don't have the answers is to turn to God in prayer, then you've crossed it. And that's where I'd handled or where I had landed. Anyway, with all that being said, 2022 was a really good year. It was a positive year, but then it moves us over to 2023 and we as a family had decided to start attending a different church, which our other church was wonderful. We loved everybody there, but with my husband's family all goes to another church closer to our home. And he just really wanted to be a part of them and worshiping together. You know, my parents were no longer here and my family didn't go to church with me anymore for the most part. So, We decided to make the switch and it was a really good decision. The old church plus the new church and several other churches in the area all did a 21 day fast beginning in January of this year. Our family participated as well. And I believe we were under, I know I was under spiritual attack during this time. I didn't recognize it quite at first, but it was uncanny, the amount of things that were happening and the pace as soon as we started this fast. January 6th, my son was too sick to go to school. This is my middle son. He is 14. He had this mystery illness and it seemed like a virus. It was he would have a headache, sore throat, backache, nausea, stomach soreness, come and go fever, lack of appetite, vomiting. He just generally felt unwell and he didn't eat or drink anything for a few days. But most of the time he did did eat and drink, but he had constant GI issues and all of his symptoms were in a loop. It if you can imagine a circle where it kind of like goes from your head down to your throat, then down to your stomach, and then back up again, it was just over and over. And we kept taking him to the pediatrician. We even went to Nashville to the children's hospital twice to the emergency room. Unfortunately, at some point we became infamous and no matter what lab or test or swab that was done, everything looked normal. And they just kept saying, I think he's just had bad luck, poor kid, like multiple infections, you know, nothing is coming back positive. We don't know what's going on, but I think he'll be okay. And of course, I'm like really stressed out and anxious anyway, and all of this is happening. And I, you know, we just started really buckling down and praying. And I just started praying for healing. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that we needed help. And I just said, God, I need to hear from you. I need anybody to like speak some truth in me because I don't know what's going on. And that day I had three people contact our family and say, you are under spiritual attack. And we didn't like summon them. I mean, it just happened. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. And one, in fact, called and said, uh, God, the Holy Spirit told me that you were being attacked by the devil. And I was just like, okay, okay. I was starting to doubt. My husband's crown fell off during this time. There was a case of pink, pink eye. Everybody was passing around back and forth. My son had all these sickness symptoms. We were having, I was having a lot of anxiety with remodel. There was a lot of fumes and You know, somebody breathed the word asbestos and I was ready to burn the house down and like move out. It was just panic, panic, panic. But God sent, uh, you know, professionals come in and look at everything. They said, it's fine. It's kind of in your head, but whatever, you know, we'll just don't worry about it. We sectioned that part of the house off and we just started asking for prayer. But three weeks in, we had already had the two emergency room visits at this point with my son. No one knew what was wrong. They just kept sending us home. And I contacted our pastor and his wife and said, can you guys please meet with us and pray for him? Nobody knows what's wrong. He just needs to be healed. And I had never really, it's not that I didn't believe in healing, but I've just never experienced or exerted faith in fervency and prayer like this. This has been like, you know, just an explosion of faith experience in our family in the midst of a bunch of stress, honestly, but that very day that they prayed for him, my daughter came to me a few hours later, the one that had been sick with the appendicitis so much the year before and said, my stomach hurts, my throat hurts. And I thought, Oh no, it's contagious. And now another one has it and we don't know what it is, you know? And I was just so upset, but I kept praying and I felt like God was giving me peace, just so much peace. So during this time, I was studying up on spiritual armor and I felt like God was saying, you have got to put on your armor. It was like I was going through life just walking with God, but without my spiritual armor on. And I'll talk more in detail about that in a minute. I kind of have all this written down so I don't skip all over the place. But we went to the doctor the next day and while we were there, I was like, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. They don't know what's wrong. They can't figure it out, but you know. And it was kind of this light bulb moment where I knew it was like, bingo. So many times in the past, I would forget that God was walking with me all this Mm -hmm. time through everything. But Mm -hmm. it was like, I could see him there with us. And I was like, you know what's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I just completely put my faith in him, and at the time, I mean, I was still emotionally a mess, I was very broken over what was happening, because, you know, three weeks doesn't sound like a long time, but 21 days of your kid being sick, and no one knowing what's wrong, and feeling brushed off, and they're missing school, and you have to get a note, like, every day, it's just hard. And, you know, life was going on. My husband was working. I was working. I had other kids. We had to pick out tile, like all this stuff. Like we had to do it right then. And it just, it was just a lot. So anyway, I'm sitting there. My son at this point had turned into the Hulk. He would not let people examine him, touch him, draw blood. It was terrible. So he just kind of sat there on the table and they didn't do anything because he wouldn't let them. My daughter, she, in his defense, the Strep throat swab does hurt because I had them swab me that day too. My throat was sore. And I was like, gosh, this is really terrible. (laughs) She tested positive for strep that day. And so the pediatrician was like, maybe we've missed it. I'm going to give them both penicillin. And I'm so thankful because I believe God used that to like just totally turn the tides for him. I do believe it was a misdiagnosis because we've even tested him since then he got the medication. So we did this for 10 days and this was the day that I reached out to a lot of people on Facebook and friends and just said, we need prayer. We need prayer. It was like, I could just see the victory for the first time. I could see this war raging all around us and God had rescued us. And it was like the Narnia war scenes where the kids are in battle almost coming to defeat and you just think what is happening and Aslan and the Narnia show up in the final moments and completely change the tides we watched all the movies as a family for the next several nights and we prayed for healing like we never have before I anointed everyone with olive oil in their beds thinking I have no idea what I'm doing this is olive oil (laughs) and I could just see Jesus walking with me saying yes do it girl keep going by the time we finished the antibiotics, everybody else was better. My son wasn't, but he had improved. So he still had all the same symptoms, but there were a lot less. He kind of plateaued, I guess you could say. And at this point, you know, so that was ten days in, so we're 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 close to five weeks at this point. And this is when I start hearing things like, you may have to toughen up. Or sometimes we don't figure out what's going on with kids and tummy issues, and it eventually resolves itself. Or, son, you may need to just live with it. And I don't really criticize any of them for saying these things. They were doing their job. They were doing the best of their ability. They were doing all these tests. We were seeing specialists and they just couldn't figure it out. So I do believe that deep inside, they really thought that he was going to be fine. But I also think they didn't know what was wrong. And they were like, see ya. You know, we don't know. So at this point, we really kind of felt like it was us and God. And it was us and God all along. But it Mm -hmm. really felt that way. I've never had an experience where we went to the doctor and no one could help me or -hmm. help us before. But, you know, we were in this mystery illness category now. So at this point, you know, pediatrician's office at least 12 or 15 times. ER visits, ultrasounds, CAT scan, x-ray, blood work, nasal swabs, throat cultures, probably more stuff I'm forgetting but we just kept praying for healing. And my son kept saying, mom, I mean, he was like throwing up, mom, I'm healed. What are you worried about? You know, quit worrying about this so much. And he just had such childlike faith. And it was so inspirational. The only thing I know to say is that God was honoring our prayers and healing him, but it was like a progressive healing it wasn't an instant fix like what you see kind of in the bible where jesus would touch someone and they would you know just walk or run and before they couldn't every single time we requested prayer he would get better and his labs would improve and it got to where i did kind of go off the deep end but like in a positive way with like healing and prayer and just like searching god's word So this last time we met with the entire worship staff and the pastor and his wife, and they laid hands with each other on my son. My husband went on a trip and we were praying for descendants and they make you wait forever. And so they were coming up. We were maybe going to do a scope and an endoscopy, all these things that I had requested. No one had even suggested, but I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to figure out what was wrong. And we were praying, you know, God, do we stop this? Like, what do we do? And it's really funny because the day before the procedures, you're not supposed to eat for 24 hours. And we told my son this, but long story short, I caught the kid eating ice cream in his bedroom (laughs) (laughs) and we had to cancel the procedure. But before that, the day before we had talked about it and I really felt like I was supposed to cancel it. But I called to cancel it. And when I did, I said, when's your next available procedure? Because I'm going to always have a plan B. And they were like six weeks. And I was like, never mind. I'll just keep it. Even though I knew God was telling me not to do it. So I felt like that morning when I caught him eating ice cream, Jesus was just standing there dying, laughing. Like, I told you not. <laughs> so there he was eating. And so we had to cancel it. You know, so he wouldn't aspirated procedure. And then the other amazing thing that happened, my husband went on a business trip and he was talking to a deer processor. That's kind of what he does. He runs, for, he runs the Hunters for the Hungry program in Tennessee. And he was talking to a deer processor, I believe in Decatur, Tennessee, an older man. And they were just checking in with each other. And he was telling him what's going on with his son. And he said, Get that boy tested for Rocky Mountain spotted fever. That's what he's got. I'm sure of it. And he called me and told me and I thought, whatever, like, that's crazy. It's January. I texted the doctor and he felt like that would not be what it's not going to be positive. But if you want to do it, I'll do it. So my husband took him in and we did the blood test. We had to wait a week. Came back positive. It came back positive. And so today is the last day of doxycycline. Um, we actually did two blood tests before we did the te- the started the medication to confirm what it was. We never found a tick. We never found a bite. We never found a rash, and we didn't look until about five weeks in because it never occurred to us. But we didn't find anything. And his symptoms are somewhat odd. But what I'm learning about tick disease is the symptoms are very odd for a lot of people. They're just not Mm. the same. So I don't even care anymore if we have the proper diagnosis. I just know, I just know I'm supposed to tell people that God has healed my child. Mm. And, you know, I still struggle with like wanting medical validation. I don't have it. I mean, the medical people that we have dealt with have said, this is an anomaly. His lab should not have been improving before medication. And you didn't find a tick or a rash or a bite. Stomach pain is not very normal with this type of illness and neither is sore throat. So we think it's a false positive, but thankfully we got the medicine anyway. And I'm just going to give God the credit because, you know, healing doesn't show up in labs and yeah, nobody medical like thought of it or diagnosed it, but God spoke through prayer to this man and, you know, through his people. And since then, you know, we've been going to the chiropractor and then we have a wonderful herbalist in the area that we've dealt with. And she has helped a lot too. But this week he had three perfect days where he felt wonderful on the medicine. Mm. So that makes me feel like it's probably a proper diagnosis. I know it is. I just don't have the proof I want. See, I still say probably and maybe a lot because I'm still struggling. But then In an unfortunate turn of events, all three kids came down with a stomach bug that's going around. So it's stomach pain, nausea, fever. So Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of doubt laced in there. Like, are we really better or is this the new stuff? But again, I kind of feel like it was confirmation that the other two got sick. Maybe Jesus is trying to spare us from future illness. We'll just get it all over with right now. Not have to deal with it for a while. (laughs) Um it was kind of funny. I sort of hit the panic button. My eight-year-old was the first one that came down with it and he said my tummy hurts. And we made him strip his clothes off. We checked him for ticks. We made him lay on the ground. We poked his stomach for two days to make sure it wasn't appendicitis. (laughs) He's the only one with still having an appendix. (laughs) (laughs) He would just kind of giggle when we would poke him. But my husband's wonderful at keeping me calm. I wanted to still take him in for an x-ray. He said Let's just wait like normal people for a few days and he's doing a lot better. So my message today is this. God does not bring sickness and death to us. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen to you. We live in a world full of sin and your story may not be the same as mine. Maybe you're praying for healing and you're getting worse. I can't answer to that, but I know that I was locked into a prison of fear before, but I was clutching the key the whole time and had no idea. The key is God's word and prayer. And, you know, for some people, it might be therapy and medication, you know, to like help you. I don't discount that at all. That's not exactly my story. But I feel like I was very sure that first week of the fast that the enemy was coming at me and he was coming at me in my weakest area. I didn't have on my breastplate of righteousness and I was holding my people way too close. I didn't want anything to happen to them. And I had not they weren't mine to begin with, but I hadn't fully surrendered my family to him and to, you know, whatever. And we believe in an afterlife. We're all believers. We believe in heaven and having, you know, full health and wholeness there. But, you know, there's just something about our flesh that wants to preserve it and wants to care for our people. And that's normal and healthy. But I like, started setting up on Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, about the full armor of God. And that's really what I want to do today is I want to declare the mystery of the gospel and God's healing power for our family. I want to give God all the credit. Yes, it's been progressive. And yes, he has used these medicines and chiropractic care and nutrition and all of this. But make no mistake, this could have turned out very badly and it didn't. And it was all because of the Lord. And as soon as I I felt no more arrows, no more attack, it was like God was there fighting all along. But I was just too far away from him. And I was not engaged in the battle at all. I was just standing there vulnerable and there was only so much he could do. But now if I'm wielding my weapon, my armor and my shield, then, you know, he has abundant strength. He has abundant power. He has abundant healing. He has abundant peace. But, you know, he wants us to ask for it. We go to him for it. In the early days, I told him I was afraid Fisher would die. He was very gentle with me and he said he will someday. That broke me. I just cried for days. But I knew that I was operating my life before, like I had a choice in the matter. You know, I have friends and family members that have buried their children, and that's just always been my worst fear. But I had to give them to him completely. And as soon as I completely surrendered everything and everyone finally to God, he's just been our complete champion I've never lived my life with this much spiritual strength and power. It's no longer just me fighting on my own, but him doing. It It doesn't mean nothing bad happens. I mean, he's brought us through all of this. My child is still on medication. We still have other follow-up things that we need to do. And we'll probably be residual of this. And then we still got a stomach bug. I mean, you know, like things are going to happen, but really. And when I really pray, really to medical personnel, you've got to tap into God's power and healing for your patients. You need God. You don't have all the answers. Pray for direction and discernment. He will give it to you. I can't imagine how hard and discouraging that job must be because you better believe if I feel like something major is happening to me, I'm going right back. Like, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm I'm going to pray for God's healing and peace first. God will help you navigate through diagnosis and treatment. And I realize our story isn't over, but God has healed my son. And I want to give him all the credit. So I'm trying to write all this down and turn it into a devotional. I feel like that's something God has called me to do. I've never really felt equipped completely to do that because I think I'm the type of person that like struggles with perfectionism. I wanted to like completely be through it before I started, but that's not what God calls you to do. And today I, I mean I am sharing from a place of brokenness. Like I said, we're still in the middle of it. But God wants to heal you. God wants to heal your mind, he wants to heal your heart, your family, and yeah, your body too. It's the other and He's already done that for me. And I just want to give him all the
0: glory. Alice, thank you so much. This was a bold move. Yeah. You just had to step out in faith while it's like you said, we're still in progress. It's still, there's still things you're working through. And even this week we've been messaging. Cause I've seen your posts on Facebook about your kids being sick. And I'm like, are you sure you don't want to put it off? You know, maybe we should do this another week. Maybe we should. And we thought about getting together in person, but then we're like, you know, you, you kind of were like, Nope, we're doing this. We're stepping forward. We're doing it. I want to testify to what God has done and what he is doing. And yeah, I think that is super great because we, You know, we we do sometimes think we have to have this beautiful bow and package on the story before we share and we don't, you know, God is at work. Let's just praise him for the work he's done so far, what he's doing, invite him to be with us, be part of it and to continue, you know, shining the path forward so I appreciate that. And and maybe even hearing your story has given another woman boldness to come on and share her story of faith, because I know he's at work in the lives of all of us. That's just something I hadn't even planned on. But, you know, if you're a mom listening who wants to go get out in your car and give me a call, I would love <laughs> to hear your story of faith because, yeah, God's at work. It's so exciting to be part of what he's doing and get to speak. And it's like a a little, even the words we speak are like a little offering back to him as we thank him for what he's done. And just as we finished, Alice's battery must have died because she's gone. And so I just want to close us out in prayer. Lord, I do thank you for the things that you've been doing in Alice's life and her home. Lord, I thank you how you have navigated them through this hard journey of health issues and house issues and all the things. Lord, I just, I know you have something to teach us as we have these things that come about in our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would be reminding us to look to you to say lord what do you want to teach me in this circumstance in this experience lord i i do thank you for healing that has come to this family and i pray that you will teach us to turn to you to come to you when we have these situations knowing that you are the ultimate healer you're the provider you are the giver of all good things and we can trust you for it sometimes we get overwhelmed by our circumstances and we see in the physical, but you have provided a way. You have met our needs and you will continue to do so. Lord, I just thank you for Alice and her family and the testimony of their lives. Lord, I pray for everyone listening today. If they're going through similar circumstances that you would just, or whatever it is that's on their heart, Lord, I just pray you will draw them to yourselves. And we trust you for a beautiful, response. Lord, and we trust you in the working out of our stories for our good and for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, ladies, if you want to get in touch with me or other ladies like Alice and continue to share your stories of faith, continue to pray for each other and encourage one another throughout the week. Please join us over on the Tending Fields Moms group on Facebook. We'd love to have you there. Bye-bye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at because when we tell of God's faithfulness we never run out of stories whatever is true whatever is wrong
1: these things think these things.